nation. Listen up. Hold on to your seats. Grab your girls. Grab your beers. Fasten your seatbelts. Because today is going to be a day unlike any other day. Uh, the days that you've had, today is that day. And you know what that day is? Today is today's boondoggle. That's right. When heavy metal touches down on the flat earth of boondoggle. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's boondoggle radio show. Uh, As you know, we're a veteran owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money. So if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under today's boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to, uh, our Anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash Today's Boondoggle. Uh, any questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, you can email us at todaysboondoggle at gmail.com. And please follow us on our social media sites at, uh, at Today's Boondoggle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all your uh, social media platforms, as well as our YouTube channel, our Rumble channel, and our BitChute channel. Please follow, subscribe, comment, and download. And please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. So Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran-owned and operated company as well. So please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code BOONDOG10. Thanks for your time and thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle. And uh, before I jump into this interview here with an old friend of mine, I got to do a little bit of housekeeping. So if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, Also, uh, if you're watching us on Rumble, you know, hit the follow button on there. We're trying to build up our numbers so people can get this content that we're putting out there and uh, some of these great interviews that we have like the one that I'm about to have catching up with a old friend of mine. Awesome. Mr. Chris. Now, is it Chi or Key? Uh, I say Beyond Key. Beyond Key. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. That's why. I, that's why. I mean, I always screwed that up with you. I remember, you know. No, I know. It is. Like it's, a, it's, it's a weird one. So. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, man, you know, it, it, it's good to. Uh, 
kind of virtually see you and get a chance to talk and catch up a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so much, so much uh, that I, I want to try and cover in the amount of time we have. But usually when I have somebody on for the first time, uh, I like to get a quick background. So sure. what did you originally want to be when you grew up? Um, to be honest, and it probably sounds cliche a little bit, but like the only thing I ever dreamed of in my mind was being a rock star. Um, and short after that, it was a list of two short after that, honestly, was a professional wrestler of all things. Um, nice. but you know, that, that I was coming up in that MTV era. I remember, you know, in my, I, I was born in 88, but like through the early nineties, especially that's what really did it for me was watching like, you know, poison videos, Motley Crue videos, Bon Jovi, all that kind of stuff, just looking larger than life in those videos back then. And just always dreaming, you know, pre-internet days, like, I just want to do that. And it's in some way, I didn't know if I wanted to be the singer, you know, guitar or anything specifically, but just like, I want to do that. So it started at an early age for me. Yeah. And, you know, you got into this uh, whole kind of line of work at an early age too, but do you remember when it was that you like first, uh, you know, picked up your first instrument and knew that, you know, Hey, I, I want to learn this and, and play. Sure. I mean, I think around, sixth grade it must have been maybe fifth grade it was more seriously you know I mean I think until then I didn't really understand I guess playing too much or anything I had a guitar and would strum here and there on it and I always wanted to learn but I couldn't pay enough attention to want to sit there and learn the notes yet and things like that being so young um so when I had got a drum set I think it was right around again fifth grade it was my first real drum set that I could sit there and you know just bang around on and figure things out and listen to music and try to play along to it and stuff. So right around there, it was when I started to, you know, pay attention and try to take it serious. And I, I joined like my school band too and percussion um, only for a year. Uh, it didn't last too long. It just didn't fit for me. I mean, I enjoyed it, but it, I felt like I was kind of being held back a little bit from uh, just wanting to be free, you know, freestyling and stuff. Gotcha. And then like, uh, when did it go from like, you know, like high school band to actually like forming bands with your friends. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was right around early high school and through my high school years, I played drums um, in like a hardcore screamo type of a band. And we ended up gigging all around, you know, the Northeast Ohio area playing like Akron, Canton, you know, Youngstown, think Cleveland, things like that did the Peabody's battle of the bands, all that fun stuff. Um, and we started taking that a little bit more seriously as time went on. Um, and that was right around the time when people were starting to kind of, you know, need to go to college or kind of figure out what life was going to bring. Um, and the other members kind of had separated, you know, each was doing their own thing. But to me, there was still nothing else that I had wanted to do at all but play music. I didn't have an idea yet of what, you know, how or the what or anything. Um, but yeah, so I was still gigging through that. And that's what kind of led me into the Forever in Terror um, situation was they were another band that lived nearby. We would play with them all the time. I was good friends with those guys. And it just so happened to be absolute coincidence of timing that, you know, their singer situation didn't work out. My band was kind of on its way out of playing drums and things. Those guys were just getting going of like, hey, we're about to tour. We're about to record an album. These guys were full go. And it was the perfect matching of like, wow, I can't believe right down the street from me, these kids have the same ambitions and dreams especially at such a young age you know 10th grade basically to take it seriously and see it as kind of a business um beyond just like gigging in the garage and stuff so once i was able to mesh with those guys um it really changed everything you know from about 11th grade on 
Nice. Yeah. So I remember, uh, you know, uh, working at one time with forever and terror. I, uh, I don't remember if you were already in it at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe you remember because, uh, unfortunately, you know, back then I was kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> dollar bill under the influence and stuff like that. But I do remember, uh, I think working at one time at, on a gig at Peabody's with you guys, Yeah. but I remember the hype and, 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 you know, how, how you guys blew up and then, uh, you know, kind of like, I guess, you know, shows the difference between, you know, discipline and sobriety, you know, and, and staying focused on your goals. But, uh, you guys ended up getting a label deal at it you know, at one time too. And, you yes. know, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And that was pretty crazy too. That was kind of right on that line too, right when they were signing the deal and about to sign the deal and stuff is right when I was coming into the picture. So, I mean, they had put in the work, you know, worked really hard with the past singer and, and worked really hard to, to build that up. So, I mean, I came in and, and, you know, didn't want to take advantage in any way of what situation they had already, you know, built and stuff. So I wanted to come in and match that work effort just as hard. So, I had never, to be honest, I was never a screamer or a singer in my entire life prior to that. I had never, ever done it. It was basically like I was such good friends with them. They didn't want to kind of take anybody else that they didn't know. They wanted to have the comfortability, at least I think, of somebody that they could kind of trust um, and, and knew that I worked hard and, you know, had the experience in the other local bands. So they worked with me. I spent, you know, weeks training on, on practicing and learning, rehearsing, learning how to be a live singer, studying videos. Um, vocal warm-ups and techniques and lessons. And then we immediately jumped into the studio and recorded that for Metal Blade Records, our 10-song debut album um, in Cleveland, which was really exciting. exciting. Um, and yeah, just being, talk about being, you know, thrown into the fire, basically, though, of, of, you know, within a matter of like three months, it was like, learn vocals, practice vocals, write 10 songs for an album, get in the studio and record them then hit the road and start touring, you know? So it was such a whirlwind, but a really exciting time to be a part of Metal Blade Records back then, especially. And that's awesome too, that you were like, you know, you mentioned, you know, you were studying tape, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and vocal lessons and, you know, sure. I mean, you were, you're, it sounds like with everything, as we'll get into, you, you, you jump in and you're all in and, you know, you try and learn every aspect of, uh, how to build it, to make it successful. And, I read that you started booking shows at like 14. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's even pre forever and terror days, you know, with my other band and we did the DIY thing. And that was like some of us still some of the best times that I can ever remember with, you know, our old screamo band is like, we would book the VFW hall, you know, in our small town out here, Shalersville and put three or four of our other friends bands on it from the area. And it would be like, you know, we'd book it for 200 bucks back then and, and didn't care about stage and lights and PA, really. We would just DIY, piece it together and bring 300 kids, you know, out of the woodwork that would come sell this place out for $5 a piece. And we were, you know, in 14, we were making money and stuff. So like selling, you know, a few t-shirts and like 300 kids we were playing to. And it was just this crazy time. And this was even before any of us could drink or anybody was partying or anything. It was just like, nothing else to do around here. So that's kind of how I immediately was learning early on, like, wow, we could actually put this together. We could actually charge the ticket price. We could rent a club. So we would do that more and, you know, ended up doing like some backyard parties and did this and did that. So when Forever and Terror came, we did have a booking agent and stuff, but I kind of, it fell in my lap eventually to kind of just take the reins of, 
the day-to-day and kind of overseeing some booking and planning out some tours and things like that. So yeah, it's always been kind of a part of what, what I've enjoyed doing. Which is great too, because like, you know, I, you know, recently I've had, a been having a discussion with my daughter. She's been, was really, uh, enjoys show choir performing, does have a good voice. I'm kind of partial being her dad, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, been following like music in, in college, you know, for a music degree. And I keep trying to tell her, okay, well, you know, make sure you get some of that business background, take some of those business classes, learn all sides of everything, because you need to know, you know, getting into something like this, you, you, you should know all aspects. And it sounds like you had your own like college course, but like by life, by just doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what inspired me, you know, I guess along the way to, again, want to stay in music after even Forever and Terror had kind of, you know, we were all so young at that point too, that everybody didn't know like what life held still. We were like teenagers turning into barely young adults. So like people still wanted to experience college or, you know, trying other things out and all that stuff instead of just being on the road all the time and being burnt out so young and stuff. So at that point, those guys wanted to take a break. And I knew myself, I still wanted to do music. And that's where I was like, seeing so many great talented bands on the road opening for us, you know, for example, being out there or just, you know, touring with other bands that, you know, didn't have help and things. Um, It's what inspired me to found CB Entertainment, you know, kind of when our touring came to a halt, I was like, I still want to do something involved how can I bring benefit to bands? And, you know, we started off just doing booking in Kent, you know, Kent, Ohio and stuff like that, but eventually, you know, grew into artist development and artist marketing and then distribution and merchandising. And, you know, now it's kind of flourished into this, this whole entertainment, you know, thing that we have going on all over the world, which is really exciting. But yeah, it was, it was a labor of love from wanting to help other bands, you know, again, that we found and that I found and wanted to keep going from there. Yeah, I wanted to talk, you know, about like that, that, you know, that beginning, but also like what it's grown into. And you mentioned you've touched on, touched a little bit on everything. In fact, yeah, I mean, we were, you know, supposed to connect like earlier and then you had, you're on the phone with the labels or something, sure. you know, and I'm like, just like, damn, this dude is busy, man. You're, yeah. You got your hands and everything. So talk about like, um, you know, the artist management part, like was, you know, was that like the, the original what was the original thing again that you mentioned that you started yeah. CB Entertainment for? Was it just it, art? It was, it was like booking mainly because that's something that I understood and kind of knew the process of from the past history. Um, and then artist management kind of fell into my lap, so to speak, through the booking process of like booking some tour packages that were coming in, talking with other bands and things. Um and then one of the one of the bands that I remember we did a tour with, it's I, I won't say like I discovered them by any means or anything like that, but it was an early band that I just still remember like standing out to me. And I was like, man, this band is so crazy. Was I wrestled a bear once, if you remember them from, you know, back in the heyday and stuff. And that yeah. was a band, you know, we saw the process. They were on a smaller label. We took them out on a tour with us in a friend's band. And I mean, I watched it in front of my eyes, that that band, you know, taking off nightly and stuff, but they didn't have management then or, you know, a proper agent or anything going on. So that was like, you know, sparking my wheels like, man, I know what I'm doing. Can we help this band? You know, and obviously we had a very small little part of taking them on the road and whatever, but stuff like that is where it started. And then, you know, over the years, too, with the booking thing, we ended up bringing through Kent like 21 pilots when in their early, early stages, when I think the first show was like 
you know, I told the story a lot in interviews, but like the first show was five people that were there for 21 pilots in Kent, Ohio. And then we wow. brought them back again. My partner, Brian, brought them back again. I forget six, eight months later or something. And there was, you know, 40 people there, 50 people there. So it grew a little bit. And then about a month after that, boom, they hit MTV and signed and did all that stuff. And, you know, obviously now play arenas and everything, but just seeing that process was crazy. Um, MGK, same similar story. You know, we had him come through when he was, you know, in his early stage, a couple hundred people came through again, sold it out in like a week um, and then went on to just boom, you know, now he's playing the Cleveland arena. So, I mean, we didn't sign them or, you know, or anything responsible for them, but just being a part of that and seeing it in a little fraction was really cool too, along the way of these years with CB entertainment. De uh, definitely, man. Those are some cool stories. And I mean, like you mentioned, MGK, look at where he's at now. It's like, my daughters are all about him, you know? Sure. And, and I remember seeing like one of his first shows at like the blind lemon before he yeah. became the foundry and everything, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, it's, so yeah. it's inspiring to see that stuff, you know, from obviously just being from, I guess, call it Cleveland. Right. But I'm, I'm always impartial to that stuff. And just anybody who will give love to the city here, I, I always try to give respect to, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Don't forget like where they came from and stuff, you know? Absolutely. And unfortunately, sometimes Cleveland will, you know, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, eat their own or poo poo anybody that, you know, instead of getting behind it and, you know, support. It's hard. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard it can be tough sometimes. Now, um, as your as CB Entertainment has grown, and like you said, we just talked about some of the artist management stuff, but you got your own merchandising now and your label. Uh, sure. You want to mention how, talk about how that came to be for you? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, I think with, with today or in today's world, it's important for any artist or like musician, you know, creative mind to understand that like, it's not just obviously one element that's involved. And I kind of always understood that, I guess, maybe from like booking shows and touring and being through the ringer at that early age of, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, that by the time, you know, I, I started growing into the CB thing, I already in my mind saw like, wow, we could do this. We could offer this. This could be beneficial. I know how this part works and stuff. So it was always in my mind, almost from day one, to try to keep things in-house in a way and not being self, you know, not in a selfish thing or anything, but I just, I, I feel like we can do a lot of the stuff with understanding and that way we're in control of it. We can explain to the artists, the how, the why, um, it's always my goal to teach them, you know, as, as well work with them, like, so they understand what they're getting into and all that stuff. So like, for example, the merchandise thing, they were paying out a lot of our artists were paying out to third party companies, spending too much money, getting stuck with back stock orders of like, oh, we have all these sizes left over and this and that. So we were able to come in and teach them a new way to where we could print it on demand and ship it, um, build merchandising up in house and do things like that. So yeah, we actually invested through a partnership to buy a printing, you know, company um, to where now we can offer that discounted to our artists and to other third party clients and things like that. So it kind of got us skin in the game there because, you know, I saw it being such a viable thing. Um, and in time, it was the same exact thing for a label. I never necessarily wanted to have a label or plan to start a label, but it was almost just like product of, of nature happening of through, you know, we find the artists that need the help developing. They're really, really talented. They just don't have, you know, growth yet or the numbers or anything. So we're able to market them, manage them, help get their name and brand situated. And they still might not be at a point where other labels want to take the risk yet or take a chance. And I got tired of knocking on other labels doors and um, 
and, and talking with them and them denying, you know, hey, it's not big enough. Hey, we don't have the big enough numbers yet, whatever. So I said, okay, you know what? We, we know how to put this out. We understand the process. So let's do that. And we ended up partnering with uh, Ingroups, which is a really great distributor all over the world. And they're owned by Universal Music Group. Um, to distribute Legend Recordings and CB Entertainment. And we've been with them, I think, four years now and have continued growth. We just recently hit, I think, over like 30 or 35 million views and streams, which is, you know, to some small, but to, to us as a, you know, small indie out of Cleveland, you know, just a, a passion, labor of love label. It's uh, been really exciting. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, and, you know, uh, you'd mentioned too, um, you know, as this has grown, obviously, I mean, you, you, you mentioned your ADD, you know, and kind of like always got to be focused and doing something, but obviously this can't be all growing and happening as a one man show. So you had to start building a team with people sure. surround yourself with people you trust, um, in this industry. How did, uh, how did you start? When did it start getting to the point where you knew you started to, had, had to start adding players and, you know, how did you find your players? Absolutely. No. And that's, that's a great question. And it's still something that's tricky. And I think it will always be tricky because, you know, having a brand is something it's, it's your baby, obviously, to a certain extent, and you care about it. But I mean, your brand is like your everything too. If you have, you know, a tarnished brand or a reputation by people that work for you or people that could do something that can be, you know, the end of the road. So from day one, I've again, kind of thankfully understood that and been selective on who we're willing to work with. I try to kind of vet the people or the companies or whoever it might be personally, you know, through uh, rapport back and forth conversations, asking them questions, whatever it might be to kind of vibe out, you know, how, how it can make sense or the people have past history of some sort that kind of makes sense to work with. So it's a lot of third-party partnerships more than having a big in-house staff, just because I like the flexibility of being able to have people you know, if, if one video design doesn't make sense, we know we have three other people we can kind of go to and facilitate and fluctuate. So um, certain things we'll keep in house. You know, we have somebody in house that helps us with booking, somebody that helps us with design and video editing and things like that. That's kind of full time in house. But other than that, um, just outside partnerships that have become close through vetting, you know, over the years or other things I'll try to do is give opportunities to our artists, you know, that we represent. Uh, it's not always, you know, a full-time job necessarily, but if they have a skill, you know, they can do video work or they can film or do tour footage while they're going to be on a tour, or whatever it might be. We'll try to figure out a way that we can work them in um, to helping, you know, benefit the artist as a whole and paying them too and stuff. So that's, what's been pretty helpful, especially with like production and recording and stuff in today's age, you know, I mean, I'd say almost all of our artists can record and, and produce really damn well. So that's been pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned too, being your baby, being your, your brand, your name, you know, it's, uh, you know, wanting to keep that good reputation because that goes so far in the yeah. industry. And it's just like, you know, I was, you know, self-reflecting and, you know, <laughs> thankfully I didn't like nuke a bunch of bridges in my, my storied past that people still like yourself are still willing to, you know, talk with me or do, do this interview and, uh, connect with me. I mean, 13 years sober now. So, you know, still incredible. a lover of, thanks man. And just still a lover of the Cleveland music scene. And, um, thankfully a lot of people just saw my heart, even though, you know, I was struggling back then and, and, and still put up with me. So like yourself and Dan, our buddy Dan. And, uh, 
Speaking of which, you know, I want to get into uh, a little bit with the, you know, your partnership with Dan and incarceration, but uh, real sure. quick, I also noticed you put out a book. Yes. You want to talk about that as well? Like what, what kind of led you to uh, dip your hat in the author field? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess sounding repetitive, but a little bit of the ADHD part of my mind was like, you know, I was looking one day, even just kind of looking for a reference of like, what are other managers doing out there? You know, what picking their brains just to try to help better kind of myself and my overall understanding and what they were doing. And I found a few books and found a few things, but there was just so many, most of them were really hard and long reads and, you know, all this stuff. So I wanted to just put you know, my mind on paper, basically, especially because we work with a lot of artists, anywhere from, you know, 10 to 30 artists at a time between management, marketing, label, you know, so there's a lot. So instead of kind of repeating myself to them, the same process, I wanted to just take my brain, put it on paper, the exact thing that I would teach, you know, or say what works for me and what has worked for me, trial and error type of a thing. So especially I think it was around COVID or right before, but we, myself and I have an entertainment attorney, that was a partner of mine that we work with on a lot of projects. Um, again, he helps protect the bands, you know, on the legal side of things for us, which is really nice. So we kind of put our minds together and I came approaching from like, I guess the musician side and more of a management side of things, putting pieces and parts in there. Uh, and he came in with the legal side of things as far as, you know, just things to look at and think about as a group and, and yada, yada, what it might be. So it's almost like a step-by-step -step guide of kind of, again, running your band as a business and really taking a step back and thinking, is this a business or is it a hobby? And then, you know, once you can figure that out through reading through the book, it kind of gives you the step-by-step -step guide, what to do, the hows, the whys, all that stuff. And there's even little quizzes that we've thrown in there just to kind of help, you know, keep your brain fresh. Uh, we've put a note section in the book to uh, for the physical copy. So, you know, if you wanted to jot certain notes or anything like that. So it was just kind of something that, again, it was time to do that. So that way we can deliver that book that we have um, to any of our new artists. And it's included, you know, as a part of when we'll work with them to, hey, research this, reference it. It's available. Here's a physical copy. Um, it's also available on audiobook because, you know, I'm not a huge reader. I don't like to sit there for a long time and read 400 pages and stuff. So audiobook all the way we made positive. We had that. So like you can even listen on the go just to take it in. Um, so, yeah, it was just something that it kind of made sense to do. And it's been really exciting to have that out. We've got a lot of good feedback and reception from, you know, both musicians, but other managers and industry people as well said it was, you know, something pretty helpful. So that was that was nice. Yeah, that's cool, man. And then, um, I mean, you kind of mentioned the importance of like networking and always being willing to learn, you know, along the way and just maintaining a positive attitude. I mean, how much would you stress that that's key in, in, you know, your growth and success? So much so. I mean, I think, you know, everyone has their own personal way of working and uh, perspectives and opinions and things. I mean, I think this business is you're never you're never going to stop learning, especially because technology is changing and the industry is changing every day and the ways are changing and things. So it's always something fun and exciting just to stay fresh and up to date on, even if you're not always utilizing the stuff, but what it is or just knowing what it is and all that stuff. Um, networking as well. I mean, that's absolutely a top crucial part of this business is, you know, it's kind of in who you know or how you know or coming back to your brand, you know, reputability or reputation. Um, you need to be able to pick up the phone and 
call a certain booking agent sometimes or call a certain club promoter on a, you know, on a certain level or whatever it might be, you know, you want to establish relationships that can help you in the future. And then, you know, what I try to keep in mind as well is what can I offer back to those people? And it's not just use me, use you, but like, you know, you want to have something of validity of like, why, you know, why would I help you? What can you bring back for me? So I'll try to have that kept in mind. And that's where we can bring things in, you know, like video service offerings or marketing extra assistance or merchandising and deals and certain things or whatever it might be to offer, you know, and still bring something to the table there um, when it comes to networking and relationships. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's a crucial part. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that, I guess, brings us to, uh, like I, I just mentioned, you know, we got uh, uh, incarceration coming up, yeah. festival oh, again. Yeah. Uh, you've been a, had, had a big part having your own stage, the CB Entertainment stage sure. um, set up, uh, you know, giving new talent a, an opportunity to play at a festival these, this size. But Sure. Uh, I guess t- first we'll start, like, how did your relationship come to be with, with Dan? Oh, man. So I could go on for a long story, you know, about all that stuff. I'll try to keep it summed up. So basically, I've known Dan since I was, you know, a younger teenager in the Forever in Terror days. He actually used to help book and manage us as a part of our management team and collective back early on when we were very first signed to Metal Blade. So, I mean, he was someone that kind of helped take us on the road and you know, cause we were 17, 18, you know, 19, we were old enough, but like, we still had an adult that would come out sometimes and help oversee stuff and get us hotel rooms sometimes, just whatever we needed. So he was kind of our go-to guy and friend with that and brought us a lot of awesome shows and opportunities. Um, you know, we had always worked closely with him and respected him from that, kept in touch with him over the years. And I mean, it's always just been back and forth, you know, I mean, I've, I've kept in touch with him. He was doing other projects. I've sent him my projects just always stayed friendly. And, you know, it's just been one of those, again, thankful relationships in the business that's hard to come by, but, you know, somebody you've known for, you know, shoot 10, 15 years now that you actually still can trust and all that. So I had mentioned this idea to him when he was first, you know, taking over the festival and and initiating and getting things growing there and just told him if there's ever any time or opportunity, you know, whatever we could do to, again, bring value of trying to help, you know, build this thing with you, but to also, you know, give up and coming artists from all over a chance to get exposure because a lot of those big festivals don't, unless you like win a special contest or do a battle of the bands or, and and that's not dogging any of that stuff. That's totally fine. But I mean, I just still wanted to have some way to do that for artists. So, I mean, when the time came that he said, Hey, I think we're finally able to make this work. I was, you know, beyond honored and thankful and still, you know, I'm, I'm super honored to be able to uh, participate, especially now that, you know, the, the Wimmer presents team is involved and it's gotten even bigger. Um, they're an incredible company. Dan's been incredible and we're trying to do everything we can to bring again, that exposure for up and coming artists that are, you know, maybe nationals, but still growing or touring or, you know, local, regional, whatever it might be. We're trying to kind of, and instead of just throwing things on for favors and stuff, we're actually taking the time to curate and try to find stuff that really is like good music that people will want to see too, you know? Yeah. And then like, you know, we mentioned uh, the relationship and how you got involved through our mutual friend, Dan Jansen. But when Danny Wimmer came on board, um, you know, how was he, was he uh, receptive to uh, letting the CB entertainment stage uh, be a part of the the festival and how, how's, uh, you know, meeting him and your interaction with him been? 
Sure. So, I mean, when he came on board, it just was a, a weird time because it was like still the COVID kind of time. And even the last year when we did it, it was still kind of coming off of the COVID thing, a lot of precautions and masking and keeping distance and stuff. So I didn't get to spend a lot of personal time with Danny really at the fest and especially because he was so busy. Um, they definitely are aware of us and, you know, our partnership and all that stuff. And it's been great. Their team's been supportive nonetheless of getting the stage going and making sure our production is smooth for everything that we've, you know, needed. And, um, and I think as long as, you know, we're good with Dan, I hope, you know, Jansen, that is that, you know, we kind of are a part of that, you know, team of whatever is with him. So it's been really great. And I mean, I want to, I want to make them proud too of, you know, not just about our brand and CB Entertainment, but I want to make them proud for what that is and the opportunity that they've given us to keep showcasing awesome bands and not be a pain in their ass as well. Uh, I know they have a lot going on to deal with, so we want to be there, but, uh, you know, be seen, be heard a little bit, but just be in and out of their way. So, Hey, hey baby. baby, this is this Double, Double D, D, also known as Dream Daddy. Daddy. And I gotta tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Boondoggle. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, proteins, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's dreamnutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash BOONDOG10. And remember, dream is not spelled like dream daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them Dream Daddy and your brand from today's Boondog sent you. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. And then uh, for for uh, fans attending this year, any uh, bands that are going to be playing your stage that you're really encouraging people to check out? Keep an eye absolutely, on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So three of our headliners actually, and they'll be spread out through each day. But so our first, I believe it'll be the Friday, but Paul Bartolome, he's a hard rock singer, songwriter. Um, he'll be flying in from the United Kingdom, actually. And this will be his first United States performance ever. Um, so, I mean, he's had a lot of good stuff, you know, singles with Kellen Quinn from Sleeping With Sirens and singles with uh, Danny from Asking Alexandria. And he's surpassed, you know, multi-million views and streams. Um, and he's about to embark on a headline tour in the United Kingdom. So it'll be really exciting to just have him come over here, bring his energy and show and charm um, to the stage here. So that'll be one day. Another day will be uh, Paralandra, who's a hard rock band out of Spring Springfield, Missouri. And again, those guys are just continuing to grow through, you know, hard work of touring, playing the circuit, 
um, building their name and working with a great producer. So I'm really excited for them to come showcase and headline. And then the third one, there's a lot of great ones, but the third one that comes to mind is Defying Decay. Uh, it's another band that these guys are metalcore and they've done shows even with Slipknot. They're out of Thailand, actually, which is pretty wild. So they're actually going to be coming nice. all the way over. Um, they've done tours in the past with Motionless and White, um, all kinds of bigger names and, and acts and things. So, I mean, it'll be a, quite a show and a spectacle. And they have about six or seven members in their band. So, I mean, they're bringing full production, full imagery. You know, I mean, it's a really exciting show to see them. So I'm looking forward to that as well, all the other great bands. Awesome, man. Yeah, me too, man. I definitely want to check out that uh, last band you just mentioned. Definitely. Um, and then, um, you know, speaking of festivals, you uh, started doing one yourself last year too, Summit Fest. Uh, you want to talk about like, you know, your experience with that and then, you know, go ahead and promote this year's. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, uh, that's been, uh, you know, a labor of love. Um uh, you know, a headache and a growing process, you know, as with anything, everything will have growing pains along the way until you kind of trim the fat and, and mold it up and shape it up. But um, yeah, so it's been an idea again, that started probably, I want to say four years ago, you know, I wanted to do something without being like competing with like a Danny Wimmer size event or something like that. You know, they already have those. I wanted to do something just a little more drawn back, like some cool national bands, a weekend camp out, bring like a handful of our bands in, you know, all of our friends have like food trucks, just a fun time, kind of a party uh, atmosphere more than just taking it so seriously as like big mega festival and, you know, it's corporate and it's all this big money and, you know, whatever, whatever, $20 drinks and all, you know, they have plenty of those. So I just wanted to have simplicity where you could be free and enjoy yourself and camp and like rock out. So uh, we started working on that about four years ago. COVID came that wiped out about two and a half years of the whole progress of everything as it did with everybody. So it was kind of just canned. We ended up having to switch venues, which is how we landed on the Summit County Fairgrounds Arena, um, a really supportive place. It's a huge venue with plenty of parking. They do have camping there on site, which is really awesome. Uh, we can have the food trucks and multiple stages and just plenty of room and comfortability again, where like, even if there's a lot of people you're not like crammed in, you can walk, you know, just, just breathe and enjoy yourself and stuff. Um, so it's been a labor of love growing this year. We have, what is it? 15 bands that'll be playing. I think we have eight or 10 nationals, you know, Unearth is coming out, which I'm really excited about. Impending Doom, uh, Dropout Kings. We have Hunt the Dinosaur who are really starting to take off. So it's definitely a pretty heavy themed event this year, but every year is going to be something different. There's really no rules to it. It's just literally based on like, what I'm kind of feeling is like last year was more like kind of radio rock and hard rock. Um, this year just kind of happened to be with timing and how it went. We went with the heavier things. So who knows what next year could bring? I mean, um, I don't necessarily work in like hip hop or anything or country much, but like in the rock world, metal world, alternative, we, we don't know. We just try to switch it up for the fans because I feel like now, especially too, the demographic isn't so limited. It's wide open. You know, people enjoy a lot of different things. So the goal with Summit ultimately is a party atmosphere. It's affordable. It's close to home, hopefully, for a lot of the region around Northeast Ohio, uh, somewhere where you can come enjoy the day, enjoy awesome music, but not feel like you're tied into such a, a big corporate thing the whole day, you know? Yeah, nice. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, the relationship's already starting off well with uh, Summit County that, uh, you know, you could see yourself doing more down the line there, huh? 
Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully they've been really supportive at the arena. Um, you know, I'm in well as well with the sheriffs there in their department. They've been really supportive. Everybody around there has been super supportive of it. And, uh, coincidentally, even the, the fire chief and stuff, he, you know, he was familiar and he's like, Oh, you know, this is fine. I'm used to metal. I've been to Coachella. I've worked that I've worked, you know, crazy events. So, I mean, like, it was, it was super smooth as far as the support went, even when I told them about, are you sure this is pretty heavy metal and stuff? They were like not phased by that. So that was nice. 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 Yeah. I'm going to have to definitely come check it out myself this year. Yeah, of course. We'll have a great time out there. We'll have some good food trucks and vendors and obviously a bunch of fun bands and, and good times. So now um, speaking of like some good times now, I, I, didn't see you as this this guy, but uh, you know, I, I'm I was pleasantly surprised. I saw some pictures of you out at a range, getting some yeah. uh, some rounds off and stuff. Uh, you want to care to talk a little bit about what got you into, you know, firearms? And I guess your area is probably more. I'm still up here in Cuyahoga County, where it's like I have to c- drive more. You know, right? Yeah, it's like uh, country farms and and fields out pretty much where I'm at here, but um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed hunting and stuff like that, I guess, ever since I was even a kid. You know, I mean, I did the hunter safety and uh, deer hunting and stuff like that throughout my childhood. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like a, I guess, an avid, you know, an avid shooter or anything like that more than anybody else. I enjoy it. But that one that I got a hold of there in the video was uh, more a new toy. It's a little plinker. It's actually an automatic BB gun. Um, so, so that thing, I mean, I just got that for like, you know, target practicing out in the yard and just shooting at cans and just, you know, whatever it is, uh, especially because ammo though is so expensive now to like go out and target practice, or if you go to a range or whatever it is, it can add up to be kind of pricey depending. So, I mean, I guess that was my way of like safe, you know, safely, uh, affordably, you know, messing around and going out, going out and, uh, and plinking with that thing. But I mean, it feels realistic. It looks, you know, I mean, everything kind of matches what would be, you know, the, the actual rifle, which is really nice because it also just gives you that comfortability of handling and working and, you know, knowing your trigger placement and all that stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, I just got that plinker for fun and the thing is awesome, man. And it's powerful too. It, it freaking, it, it put a hole through, uh, a, a good chunk of wood all the way through. So nice man yeah i'll have to look into that because that's a good idea because it's like like you said man it's like you know i had i i you know usually keep a fair amount of ammo on myself yeah Yeah. and um with the prices i've been like you know a couple friends have like asked me to go out and i'm like man i I gotta either learn how to re uh do my own ammo yeah (laughs) reload my own ammo or or just hold off you know, right. but for the whole muscle memory and the training, it sounds like that's a nice alternative, affordable yeah. alternative to stay. Yeah, the company, uh, I'll, I'll send it to you or something. I think it's Crossman is the company. And I stumbled on it. Obviously, it's like one of those random, like, you know, kind of a YouTube or whatever. I was just like browsing through some things and had saw that because I was looking into like some ranges and other, you know, guns and rifles and things. And I was like, hmm, and interested. And then I looked into it and there's, you know, a whole community of obviously kind of like airsoft or paintball but a whole community of just this bb situation and it's not even firing at each other but just like the i mean they have it all you know the scopes and the snipers and it's like full-on i mean pistols and fully auto and all kinds of neat stuff you know toys to kind of mess around with and stuff so it's, it's pretty cool and again i like it's it's affordable but it feels you know similar to what you're what you're doing in real uh situation depending yeah, exactly. And like I said, you know, to keep that muscle memory going, 
where, you know, uh, God forbid, you know, a, a situation occurs where you need to use the real deal, you know, right. um, got to stay, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a tool, so you got to you safely and maturely know how to handle those things, you know, for all the, uh, people that might be offended us talking about these things. Oh there. yeah, no, absolutely. And it's true. I still remember even I, I have the story, but my first BB gun, I'll never forget. It was like the red rider story. And like, you know, I got it as a kid went out to like shoot a can or something. I had the safety goggles on and my mom and like saying the same, you know, same thing, shoot your eye on whatever. And I'm like, I'll be fine. And I was even standing back and boom, sure as crap, tanked it and it popped back and hit my uh, safety goggle. You know, I was like terrified then. Ah, oh, it's real. It's good, you know? But uh, I'll never forget that. With the BB gun. Yeah. It's like she jinxed you. Right. Just like, uh, well, yeah, man, I, I definitely, uh, from what I, what I saw, it looked like a good time. I was like going to, absolutely, you know, have to invite myself out that way sometime. And, oh yeah, uh, there's plenty, plenty of room out here to, uh, to fire and, I'm in four wheeling and shoot. They got all kinds of stuff out around here that they're always doing. Sounds good. Yeah. My youngest is a senior in high school this year. And once she graduates, man, I'm looking uh, to relocate. And that's the type of area and atmosphere I like to be. Absolutely. No, super chill and comfortable. I love it. Nobody bothers you, you know, and you're close enough still to, to like, I said, everybody laughs at me, like my friends from not here, but I'm like, 30 minutes from everything, literally like 25 and 30 minutes to Akron, 30 minutes to Cleveland, you know, 30, 45 to Lake Erie, like anywhere you want to be, you're almost like right in that strange center point. It feels like it's crazy. Yeah. Perfect, man. So, um, I know, uh, we're running short on time here, but I wanted to ask you like, you know, what kind of goals did you have set for yourself going forward? Oh, honestly, I don't know. You know, it changes kind of quite often. I mean, as crazy as it sounds too, is a lot of the goals that I kind of had or thought I had, you know, in maybe like my earlier 20s uh, or middle 20s, you know, even I've kind of done because I think each person defines success in their own way. You know, to me, it's not about like money and big fame and whatever, but it's been like, you know, well, I want to start a management company or I, I want to put out, you know, a DVD or I want to write an album or I want to do whatever I'm going to get signed and start a label. It's just been neat to cross each of those off, you know, and, and call it my own, you know, success, I guess. So, I mean, right now what's, what's coming up in my mind is I want to continue developing Summit Fest the best we can. You know, I'd like to continue growing CB Entertainment and Legend to, you know, bigger plateaus and just keep expanding the reach for artists in that. And honestly, I, I feel like I want to do something more like either open a concert venue at some point, some some sort of a situation like that, or some sort of a musician's hub where like we house, you know, a venue, a rehearsal studio, a photo studio, um, a meeting room, you know, some sort of a space where it can be kind of a collective would be a real goal. Um, something like that, I think would, would make sense for now into my future as I get older too, somewhere where I don't have to kind of travel as much and be all over the place but i can bring the arts to us but still have it be you know something beneficial i guess to the area and and bring fans in and stuff so i think that's what it would be is to just figure out that you know how how to pull that off i like that i like that a lot man i tell you i mean it's i've learned a lot just from i mean i've known you and passed we passed by but you know just learn a lot. And I'm very impressed just from this conversation, man. And if there's anything I can ever do, you know, to, to help you with, uh, some of these, uh, these goals and projects you got going on, man, you know, I'd love to. 
Absolutely um, means a lot. We're, we're always trying to find the right people to just, you know, cause everybody has their, I guess, skill set, call it right to that, that their strengths and weaknesses and whatever it is. So it's like, however we can try to, you know, find ways to always help each other as a collective too. I'm, I'm always about that. I love that. Awesome. Now, um, before we get ready to wrap up, you mind if I ask you some of the questions I normally ask guests that are on? Yeah, totally. No, I'm, I'm pumped. Let's see. All right. Who are your top three musical artists? Who? Man, that's a good one, too. Shoot, I don't know. I have to go with Kiss as number one. You know, I mean, I think through and through, that's one band that's been like my all-time favorite band since I can ever, ever remember. Still inspire me. 70-something years old, still out there rocking it. You know, real rock stars. So I'd say Kiss. Um, hmm probably Glassjaw of all bands and a lot of people don't even know of them or remember of them or anything but it's just uh, a band that to me has always been one of my top favorite bands that I've really really loved still love can listen to endlessly and never get tired of it and the emotion in his voice is just like something I love um third I don't really know I mean I something probably like to be honest like screamo probably like taking back sunday or like fallout boy or something like that as much as i love metal um i've listened to so much metal and still listen to so much metal that like my brain is just like it all kind of blends to me and stuff so i mean unless it's something super unique it's hard for me to give it long listens but i mean something as simple as like a fallout boy or taking back sunday where it's just catchy vocals it's easy on the ears it's not overbearing and it's songs that get stuck in my head so it reminds me of like my teen years too, I guess. So I'm stuck in that, that era of stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. And then is there a particular uh, song that you feel has inspired you in life? That's uh, a go-to like whenever you're, you know, it, it's always on your playlist or it's always something that you, you can go back to when you need that extra like motivation. Hmm. That's another really great question, honestly. And, Oh, I don't know if it, that's hard to hone in. I'll try not to take long. Let me just brainstorm and think. I mean, uh, probably something to to get me hyped up, honestly, depending on the situation, but more times than not, probably a song by Slipknot, probably something early Slipknot. And that could even be like a happy moment, an angry moment or whatever moment. But when I need to get, you know, get feeling right and get in the zone, even for meetings and things, I can just pop on usually something again from an early slip, not when, when he was still really angry and dark and kind of evil and just, and just hit with that. And it, it's been years and years and that still never fails for me. So I love that. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And then what class do you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school? Great question as well. I mean, I have a, well, you have children, of course, but I have a six year old, so he's in the, kindergarten now and you know school is changing things are changing I think some sort of class about truly about business or taxes or you know entrepreneurship would be really really smart in today's world because there's so many options and opportunities now that you know even when I was in school in like what 2006 seven whatever year we graduated but like you know back then people would say you can't work online there's no way you have to go to a job and you have to do this and do that and i mean even looking now at how things have changed there's so many people that can work from home or make a living from home or you know do things kind of on their own regard so i mean i think just teaching the students more about understanding you know how do you do your taxes or how could you start a business or what's the process it's not as hard and scary as it might seem and things like that um, would be crucial especially to like young high school students and things 
Agreed, for sure. And then um, who are uh, three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today? Oh, let's see. I mean, I would definitely say, you know, my mom, my grandparents, you know, would probably be, uh, I guess, the main gist of that, really, you know. Um, I, I was raised a lot with my grandparents. So, I mean, I feel like I'm kind of an old soul in a weird way, you know, just from spending so much time as a as a child with like a lot of grandparents all the time and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think my mom and my grandparents, I guess if you would count that like three would be, would be the most, you know, I mean, they, they were able to instill in me, you know, good work ethics and things and good values, good morals, good stuff like that, that maybe some kids don't get because they might have younger parents and maybe the parents are still growing and learning and stuff like that, as opposed to, I felt like, you know, when I was around those people and I didn't know it then, but now that I like think back on it, it's like, they were already past all that stuff and able to just like have patience and again, and still like, even if it was some old values and things, but I mean, I, I still love that stuff, you know, certain things and elements of it. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that. I agree hundred percent, man. My dad was a old world war two Marine and yeah. a lot of things, man. It's just like, you know, you, you, you think it's just like you're rolling your eyes when they're telling you stuff or you're not yeah. listening or come on, you don't know what you're talking about, but man, all that stuff was like planting seeds. Yes. And now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, no, and now I'm passing it on to my kids. Like, absolutely, absolutely, definitely a lot of good wisdom. Sure, no, absolutely, and uh, and I hope to do that as well. Yeah, with my son and uh, and try to teach him, you know. And I'm I'm trying not to be stuck, and it's not like it's too old of ways or anything, but trying to be on the the line and not get lost though, and and tangled up in too much of today's, I guess, jargon. And you know, I mean, you have to use the technology and go with the flow, but to your everybody's own extents and things, of course, because man, is it getting more and more crazy every day, just as a whole? <laughs> I got, yeah. It's a whole nother episode we could do. Yeah. Um, absolutely. What, uh, are there any causes or organizations that you support and encourage others to check out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've found, you know, doing stuff locally, like, uh, what was it? The, the Ronald McDonald house they have, I think in Akron and Cleveland and Toledo, a few other places like that. That's been one we've done a few donations with, and that helps, you know, children or families even in need of um, certain help and support and places to stay has been one that's been, been really nice that I've liked. And we've done some things, you know, music wise over the years with like the Grammy Grammys and the Grammy foundation. Um, what else? Uh, Little Kids Rock. We've done a few things with her, and they're another great one that helps. And then recently, we did start our own foundation, um, the Bianchi Foundation. It's called, and that's started here for locally in you know Ohio, Northeast Ohio, as of right now, um, with a goal broadly in mind to just provide support for you know children um, or underprivileged children that have been affected in some way. Maybe they can't afford an instrument and want to play, or they have you know, maybe a broken home and they're trying to learn music as a way of expression or just certain things that we want to bring to the table um, locally and try to make a difference on it. And I, I do a donation every year on my birthday. It's just been something that I've kind of liked to do over the past few years. And that's where we had worked with, you know, Little Kids Rock and a few other really great organizations. But I guess the problem with that I faced is I didn't know where the funds would end up, you know, and I, I didn't like just yeah. cutting a check and saying, you know, hey, here's a few hundred dollars, go do something and, and, you know, just to feel good about it or something like that. Um, I wanted to be, again, that control thing, not an ego, but like I wanted to be in control and know, 
hey, if we have these funds or, hey, we can take these guitars physically and I know it's going to this person or we make sure it's going, you know, where we want it to go. So, I mean, it's a, it's a labor of love. It's a small foundation. You know, it'll be something that'll be growing slowly, but surely hopefully over the years. Um, this year we're going to donate. We have four guitars that we're in the process right now of finding the right homes for. Uh, we have two of them that are spoken for that'll go to a local school. Um, they're going to go through and find kids who are a little bit underprivileged in that school who are wanting to learn music and things like that. And we have two more that'll be going out. You know, we're going to kind of continue finding the right place for those to go in the right homes uh, instead of just tossing them out somewhere, or doing some kind of like charity auction or a raffle or something like that. So still in the process, but yeah, the Bianchi Foundation for Northeast Ohio. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, I just recently connected with, uh, I'll uh, send you some information. There's a, a group and some people that I think might be able to help you you know, with, with that, that, Absolutely. uh, uh, good, another good power of networking. Sure. Uh, mean a lot. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll hit you up off offline for that. Um, and this is like one of my favorites to ask. It takes everybody back. I know that we're kind of like, you know, a little bit different generational, uh, growing up, but, uh, favorite toy as a child. Hmm. Oh man. That's a tough one too, honestly. I'm trying to even remember. I mean, I had like the Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy. I remember that I was always like wrestling that thing back in the day. Um, what else did I like? Power Rangers toys I had, I'm pretty sure. Um, a lot of wrestling stuff, to be honest. Again, that's what I was saying earlier. It was like my two things. I loved music and wrestling. So like I was full on. I mean, I had all the action figures and the wrestling rings and the belts and you know, the t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I remember a lot of my childhood was uh, watching WWF at the time um, and, and collecting that kind of stuff mostly. Nice. And then uh, any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously without sounding too cliche and, and to the point, just, you know, thank you. You know, it means a lot for the service and and for the dedication, you know, for the people that go and do that and risk their lives and leave their families and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. I mean, for a lot of our selfishness, you know, to just be free and do all what we want to do and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, hopefully, importantly, too, everybody's safe um, in crazy times like now and who knows what's, you know, to come in the future. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Chris, man, it's been a great conversation. Good uh getting to know you better. And I hope, uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely uh, want to send you, uh, keep in contact. I Absolutely. have uh, a lot of ideas that I want to send your way and uh, some people to, to get you connected with that might help, uh, you know, Summit Fest and your foundation and some of the other things that uh, you have in the works. Well, of course. I mean, it's been really a pleasure doing this. This has been awesome. Um, looking forward to, you know, more episodes and checking more episodes out, obviously, too, that you'll put out. Um, thank you for having me. And hopefully I can connect with, you know, yourself, but any audience, if anybody's catching this, you know, uh, be it at Incarceration or Summit Fest or somewhere um, around, hopefully we can connect and chat more in person, you know, about music or anything else. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. And then for anybody that uh, of the out of the audience that's like new to uh, hearing about you and all the projects you're working on, where would you uh, send them to check it out to learn more? Sure. So, I mean, I'm on all the social media. If you type in, uh, even though the last name is a little tricky, but just Chris Bianchi, 
um, it'll pop up or on Google. There's a bunch of things for kind of ways to connect or simple as uh, www.chrisbianchi, the number one.com um, has kind of the links to everything or what's coming up for myself and our projects and all kinds of good stuff there. So yeah, I mean, definitely look forward to hopefully connecting with some of you. Awesome, Chris. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate your time. Have a great day. You too. All right, you too. Take care.
Proliferation at the Ohio State Reformatory, July 15th through the 17th, with corn. Disturbed. Breaking Benjamin. Evanescence. Papa Roach, Lamb of God, Seether, Falling in Reverse, Three Days Grace, I Prevail, Black Label Society, and many more. All passes on sale now at incarceration.com. <laughs> I saw the hands over here. Yeah, oh, that's hey, of course. You want one too? Yeah. She'll get you one. Oh, Mikey, I missed that. Oh, we're talking. Busy, we're busy yeah. talking. Do you want, do you want the reset? We're here about. Stay focused. Hey, AC2. Let's <laughs> care about your damn strike. No, that's where the candle was sticking. Oh. We had one more for. Didn't raise his hand. Just a little. That's where the candle Is there any chance we get some over here? Hey, sweetheart. Can we get one more? Two more. One more? Two. Two more. Two more. We're a skinny guy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. What's that? Sand crab. Sand crab. Sand crab. Is it good? Is it real? I, I had to lay back for a Chiefs <laughs> meeting. And I was going to meet you guys at the country <laughs> store. Are you going to stay no, 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 no. You went to the store. Yeah. I get to the country store. I'm calling both their cell phones, and they ain't answering. I'm calling Gary Lester cell phone. It was phone. bad reception. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> answering their freaking cell phone. Yeah. We so weren't dodging I'm this, anybody. I'm at the country store. I buy a we cart full anybody. of beer. I'm thinking my guys are not going to let me down. They're going to meet In me In my here. defense, I don't even think I had a cell phone. Well, anyway. Okay, <laughs> Ed. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, country store closes. My guys still ain't shown. Uh, they got to be back at the barracks. I'll get back to. The, I'll head back to the BEQ. So here I am pushing a shopping cart down All the middle, the down middle, Little Creek, <laughs> right down the middle. The only thing he was missing was, was was a paper bag on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing a slow burn the whole way because now we're talking maybe an hour and a half. People and driving and by. Exactly. Yeah, people are driving by. What is it? Yeah. Who let the, the homeless on base? <laughs> here's, a, here's a beer can, old man. Shopping cart full beer. Full beer. Are you collecting some cans? I get up to the BEQ landing. Scared. I'm sitting at the landing and all of a sudden, here comes the van. I'm like, you motherfuckers. He jumps out and goes, Clint, just calm down. Just calm down. Is that cold still? <laughs> You're gonna need some help with that. <laughs> Do you need some help with that? So pissed off. Uh, where were you guys at then? Virginia Beach. Beach. Virginia Beach. Yeah, so you guys went to bars. Shit. No, we weren't. We weren't allowed we to were leave the base. That we weren't where we were supposed to be. I don't know. That was a, that was the last night there. Yeah, but I don't know where we were at. That we weren't. Yeah, I, remember, yeah, I remember you being totally pissed off and and. I, 
I think we were going to get something And to Tim eat. was the voice of reason. <laughs> no, right here. Yeah, right here. That's always it's a bad a, day. A and that's a bad day. Okay. Well, I'm you'll make it. You're you. Thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall, brought to you by Today's Boondogger. for listening once again to today's boondoggle radio show please be sure to check out our website domaincle.com or today's boondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives follow us on social media at today's boondoggle on facebook instagram youtube and twitter for more information about this podcast and please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms out there. Please email us with any questions, suggestions, and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com. Leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word. Thanks again for listening. for tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's boondoggle.